she has laid out the daggers belonging to the porters for Macbeth. The murder will be blamed on them. Curiously enough, Lady Macbeth says that she would have committed the murder herself if Duncan had not resembled her father as he slept. Perhaps this is true, or perhaps she just doesn't have the nerve to kill someone. It's easy to be ambitious and have power fantasies in the mind. Killing someone in real life is something else entirely. Lady Macbeth is prepared to push her husband on to horrible deeds, but not prepared to take part in them herself. Macbeth enters and is in a state of confusion. He was not able to say amen when one of the porters awake and asked to be blessed. He also thinks he heard a voice telling him that he would sleep no more because of the murder he has done. He is in a state of shock. Lady Macbeth does her best to soothe him and send him to bed. There is a knocking at the outer castle door. Macbeth and Lady Macbeth hurry away to wash their hands of the king's blood and put on the appearance of innocence. Macbeth's guilt is already beginning to overtake him. Act 2, Scene 3 The knocking continues at the castle gate. A cranky porter, roused from his drunken slumber, takes his time in opening the door. He finally admits the thanes Macduff and Lennox. They discuss the drunken revels the night before, and Macbeth comes to greet them. Macduff is determined to speak to the king. He goes to Duncan's bedchamber. While he is off stage, Lennox and Macbeth discuss the unruly night. There is excessive violence in nature, as if it knows that Duncan has been murdered. Macduff returns to report the horror of King Duncan's bloody murder. Macbeth and Lennox go to see the scene themselves. We can see that Macbeth is doing a better job of feigning innocence than even he believed was possible. Macduff rouses the castle while they are in the chamber. Macduff tells first Lady Macduff and then Banquo that the king is dead. We see in Lady Macbeth none of the venom and ambition that we saw earlier. She's an even better actor than her husband, and comes off as a tender and weak woman, easily shocked by Macduff's words of murder. Macbeth, Lennox, and Ross join them, along with the king's sons, Malcolm and Donalbane. Malcolm immediately asks who has killed his father. Lennox reports that the king's porters were bloody and drunk, attributing the crime to them. Macbeth says he has killed the men in his fury. This, of course, is convenient for Macbeth. Nobody can be interviewed now to confirm or deny guilt. Malcolm and Donalbane are suspicious and rightly fear for their lives. The idea that Duncan was killed by his servants doesn't ring true to them. They decide to escape right away. Act 2, Scene 4 An old man and Ross further discuss supernatural events that preceded the king's murder, including Duncan's horses breaking loose and eating each other. Macduff joins them. Suspicion for the murder has fallen on Duncan's sons because they have fled. Without them present, the monarchy has fallen to Macbeth, who has gone to Scone to be crowned king. Notice how even in grief the matters of state are always on people's minds. This is an era when alliances and power must be clarified, with men functioning in a tribal manner. Allegiances must be clear and, like it or not, power has shifted into Macbeth's hands. That will sit uneasy with some people, and Macbeth's hold on power will always be challenged.